Hello and welcome to Free From The Real, episode 151, brought to you by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com and CapeFearGames.com. You can hear us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com and MTGCast.com. This as ever is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to uh, regarding the online game and stuff from the offline game which is of interest to us. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ. With me as ever is the redoubtable Kia. Merry New Year, everyone. And the equally redoubtable Seb. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> Works for me. Now, as you can imagine, this being the podcast immediately after the winter break, we don't have the world's greatest supply of news for you right now, but we do have one or two tidbits which uh, made it through the um, winter break. What's the February Friday night promo going to be, gentlemen? Well, uh, we will have the very fun, super-powered version of Ostracize that is Despise. Uh, one black sorcery, player reveals their hand, you take a creature or a planeswalker and put it in the bin. I'm pretty sure I'm quoting that text word for word. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a pretty good card, um, and is not in danger of rotating in the next month, so that's pretty good. And uh, a pretty worthwhile promo, you know. I'm gonna, I would say it's uh, definitely one of the better FNM promos we've had over the years. So, yeah, you know, not the greatest, but certainly not the worst. Okay, so decent card. Um, art's pretty good, or at least an improvement on the original. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, again, like it's one of those things where we were talking about this before the recording, where uh, magic art's generally great. The magic art, I think, that's not that great generally. I feel reflects bad cropping by Wizards of the Coast, and given because generally the pieces are huge, right, and has have a lot of different, uh, especially the ones that don't have a specific character in them, have a lot of different things going on, and sometimes you just crop it the wrong way, and just turns out like the current despise. Which is my least favorite Nielsen piece ever, because I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, but overall, I mean, the set, the art has been pretty good. Uh, I really like the flavor and the way the art came out for the Innistrad block, so that's good. Um, there's a few, I mean, there's obviously a few pieces here and there that are hitting, you know, some misses, uh, but generally those tend to be on like pretty bad cards, so I don't really see them all that often, so that works out for me. Fair enough. Like, it doesn't concern me if, like, the art on, like, Thraben Century or is bad because the only time I'm going to see that card is when I take it as a 14th pick and then immediately hide it. The flip side is I always hate it when there's some some really great art on a card that's just never going to see play. Yeah, that's always a little sad. Um, I, I, one good example, from in my opinion, was uh, Niv, uh, Niv Mizzet, the Firemind, back from uh, I think Guild Pack. Yep. Uh, I, I didn't think that card saw a ton of play outside of some like curiosity combos here and there. Uh, yeah, he just never he couldn't be like your your control creature of choice. Most because you know Char was printed in the same set, so it would be yeah, exactly. Tough. But and, yeah, but, yeah. Like, I, I loved the art on that card. Hmm. So, on the other hand, you did see a lot of play in Commander and uh, uh, similar decks. So he does he does have a niche, just not necessarily in regular sixty card Magic. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I know exactly what you're saying. It's really annoying when you're like, God, this, the art on this card is so awesome, I want to play it, but it's just not good. <laughs> mm. Well, the abilities weren't bad. I mean, being able to ping anything every time you draw a card is just combo fodder. Yeah, that's true. But also, it's his cost was a little restrictive in a format where you wanted to play like 
you know, multiple colored decks, having to pay blue, blue, red, red was a little tricky. Yeah, I mean, Kega, which was a 6-6 six, six dragon, was yeah. one blue, or 5-5 five, five dragon, rather. And whenever he died, you got to control a target creature. Yeah, free control magic. <laughs> it was pretty good. Well, given, yes, but still. Um, you did see some uh, two of one color, two of the other color cards do rather well in that format. Um, uh, for example, the various Ghost Dad decks. Yeah, that's yes. true. It, it could happen. Yeah, but that said, Ghost Dads or that entire Urzov deck was built around paying that prohibitive mana cost. So. Yeah, and they couldn't really. There just wasn't the place for the red, red, blue, blue super deck. Yeah, you, you kind of feel the whole uh, Is It Guild fell a bit short there, or at least got short-changed. Yeah. It's some great limited cards, but yeah, for Constructed, they just couldn't really get there. Not that we'll ever know, because we didn't have a real block-constructed format for that particular True. block. And they did produce uh, some cards that have been long-lasting, like Remand, every single combo card that they printed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that uh, repeatable shatter was quite fun as well. Exactly. Oh yeah, shattering spree. Yep. Yeah, definitely some good memorable cards. Um, not sure how we got here from talking about promo to surprise, but we did. Uh, but either way, uh, you know, after you've got your collection, it's a slow of, week. It's 2012. <laughs> yeah, after you got your collection of glistener elves this month, uh, be ready to collect all those despises for the next month. Yep. Yay! Good enough. Woo. Now, moving on from uh, the artwork of one card to the art of several cards which we haven't seen yet, there's a backstory and art preview for Dark Ascension over on the uh, uh, Daily MTG site. Uh, this is... It's, it's not really a... Um, it's a preview only in the most flavour sense of the word. It's um, We don't get any actual cards themselves. We do get some interesting art effects. And a few... Um, tantalizing uh, tidbits as to what the abilities could be hidden away in the story text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's you can try and figure it out, but I mean, guessing what a card does based on strictly on its art is not very likely. There's a good chance, some people are saying, and it's very possible, I think it's the fifth picture here, maybe the sixth picture, could be the faithless looting card that we've seen already, which is the careful study in red with flashback. Gotcha. Because it shows a bunch of guys looting and burning books and crashing through windows, so. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds just like the art description. I also thought that the, uh, speaking of the art, the first picture I remember seeing, I was like, wow, this is like very old school art from Jason Chan. Like, the art style seems to, uh, be almost like going back to the Torment era, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, this art, maybe, it's, maybe it's just me and like all the years working in a game store. This first art, the, uh, Jason Chan one just looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card to me. <laughs> reminds, uh, me a, yeah. reminds me a bit of um, uh, the guild leader from uh, uh, Golgari, uh, Savra, oh. Queen of the Golgari. It's got that whole circle thing in the background. Focus on yeah. the um, woman with splayed arms. Yeah, or like yeah, some kind of bride. It looks like she's got some kind of veil going. So, oh yeah, but vampire. Yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, or a werewolf. Who knows? Yeah. The eyes, vampire. <laughs> AJ knows. <laughs> so. yeah. AJ knows all too well. 
Oh, I'll yeah. read the style guides. It's not difficult. Um, one thing they do mention is various cards such as um, uh, werewolves, geists and vampires uh, uh, coming back from the grave again. So we could well uh, perhaps see a return of Unearth or something similar. Yeah, that's very possible. There's also a part where they talk about the humans uh, using their power to increase the magic something like that about sacrificing innocence basically alluding to the fact like using the power of death and despair to fuel their power Mm -hmm. uh tap into the power of the grave to cast deathly spells with amplified strength that could signify something like delve uh making its presence felt again reference to um uh more demons and devils so the tribal themes will continue so we'll see what happens really Yeah. Uh, if you believe anyone on the forums, everything is a reference to Tarmogoyf coming back to standard. So. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yep. That'll happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, gentlemen of the fora, gentlemen of the um, comments thread in our recent podcasts. We're probably not going to see a card so good that, um, as a two mana creature that comes into play as a zero one in a vacuum. Is currently one of the most expensive cards in uh, Magic Online. It's it's only a zero one. There's nothing broken with zero ones. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. but how about when I go turn two Tarmogoyf go with three Forbidden Alchemy? I mean, just like <laughs> that's that's not fair. <laughs> Some people talk about it can't be abused in standard. That alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's only okay. It's not fair because there's a blue card. It's not the green card spot. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose yes, but the blue card is already there, so you can't do anything about it. <laughs> I suppose technically the only fetch lands we have are, um, I believe we've got Terramorphic Expanse currently. Yeah, it's probably in the base set, I would assume. Yeah, or, or whatever they renamed. I think it's called, I think they use Evolving Wilds. So. Well, fair enough. If they're using the yeah. um, uh, the Findhorn Elves to the uh, original Slanoir. Yeah, but I mean it's. Time we're going, yeah, not coming back. So just let that dream die, people. <laughs> and if you won't let it die, we'll have to kill it for you. Yeah, right free, now. Free from the real, killing dreams, uh, and shattering hopes. Yeah. Since episode one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much the tagline that I live by. So, uh, okay. But, I mean, just overall looking at it, this is, it's some pretty sweet art. I mean, like you said, we were talking about it, and obviously they cherry-picked these pieces, but uh, this Michael Hayes piece here looks pretty cool, kind of. Looks like Curse of the Bloody Tome mm-hmm. infecting this guy. And the, the zombies, the flying pirate skeleton ghosts, the creature from the basement. All good stuff. Now, they made reference to just the one planeswalker in addition to um, uh, Lily and uh, Gary. So, yeah. we shall see. Yeah, I love that. A planeswalker who is still unknown. We're not sure who he is. And then we scroll down and we see Soren Markov in the picture for the promo for Dark Ascension pre-release. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, there's a distinct lack of subtlety there, or at least a, uh, the left hand is not talking to what the right hand's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you want to go check that out, we've provided the link uh, to the main Magic the Gathering website. You can read through the article, begin speculating, and uh, t- check out the pretty sweet art that we've got coming. Right, and... Now, moving on, we have the Mox Season 1, beginning after the downtime this week. Uh, yep, as of Wednesday, we are back on to earning points, and of course, this time you'll be earning actual qualifier points in the vein of Warmarks um, 
into your account, so it'll be easier to keep track. Uh, we don't know what the promos are yet, which is kind of sad, but uh, I'm sure some of those will start to be released in the coming weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, but, it's, it's uh, one of those things where it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it personally. I'm definitely going to be taking part and making sure I rack up 15 points at least, and then maybe 40 <laughs> as a yeah, I mean, maker. So. Yeah, ideally I'd like to qualify. I don't know how much time I'll have. We'll see how... Uh, work commitments and things like that go, um, but you know it also and it, it depends on the the time of year more than I'll be able to play because I like that they have the championship dates so you can see look into your schedule and know if you can do it or not, and then also the promo typically influences how hard I try. Uh, so you know if season one of the promo is uh, force of will, then obviously I will play in more than my usual share of tournaments to try and get there. If it's Crows of War Chief, not so much. If it's force of will, everyone's going to play more than usual. <laughs> if it's force of will, I will make accounts, qualify, and then opt out to get the promo. Yeah. <laughs> if it's force of will, the client will crash. You could be sure of it. Oh yeah. Or you know, like Mox Ruby or something like that. That'd be fun. Oh, it'd be great to have a classic card that's not found anywhere else but the Mox tournament. Well, if you think about it, it'd be um... play the Mox, win a Mox. Yes, exactly. It's a very <laughs> fitting name. Oh my god, the, uh, they'd have a field day with that. Yes, the literal mox tournament. Yeah. Yeah, if, if only there were, if there were, cause there's 12 of them, if there were exactly 9, then I mean, you know. <laughs> You'd be set. But, uh, no. I mean, it'll be, it's exciting, it's fun. Uh, go in, earn your championship points. Play in tournaments. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, um, I suppose you could technically call it, um, news, although it's, uh, um, it's kind of old, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, that's all the turn of the new, turn of the year, uh, barrel scraping we're going to do for you today. So let's move on to prices. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, and what we have for you today, we went and dug through, uh, kind of the historic and current dual lands. We have, the traditional dual lands from uh, the Master's Edition series, prices in each one. We have the Ravnica block dual lands, the shock lands. We have your current standard lands, if they're uh, either the Scars of Mirrodin uh, aggro lands or the ones from Innistrad. And then we also have your sack lands. We've put all the prices together and we grouped them by color association so you can kind of see where everything's at. Yep. Uh, in all cases, the winner is one of the dual lands, either the Master's Edition ones or the ones from uh, Ravnica, which is probably not typical, but obviously since we're coming into a modern season, those Ravnica lands have shot up a little bit. Yeah, we take some of them. What I'm going to tell you is that blue lands cost a lot of money. <laughs> that, is, that is the overarching pattern. <laughs> and oddly enough, the most expensive of the original duels are... Where they exceed the price of the uh, Rav Duel is uh, you only have Underground Sea, Savannah, and Bayou. In all other cases, you have the um, uh, Rav Land being the most expensive online for each duel pairing. Yeah, and that may or that may or may not hold up, you know, four or five months from now, depending upon whether or not uh, Modern becomes an evergreen format, as it were, or if it's more like ex- if it which I think is what Wizards is trying to do, or if it just becomes more like extended to where 
it only sees play during its PTQ times. Yep. Right. And also, red-white lands are cheap. So if you want to build red-white decks, <laughs> that would be the way to go. Yeah, red-white lands. Um, uh, Plateau is currently 6.6. Um, 6. Sacred Foundry is 7.4. And Arid Mesa, the fetch land, is just under four tickets. So not yeah. too expensive if you want to do something silly like um, simultaneously run Valakut and Emeria. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just red-white decks are are rarely good in in like standard and block formats, and if they are, they usually get countered a week or two after they come into existence, and they're almost never good in larger formats. So yeah, you essentially their, have, their lands just can't hold up. You essentially have the two two colors which are really good at fast swarms and um, spot removal. Well, historically anyway, you can't really argue with uh, bolt and um, swords. But um, they don't tend to um, be able to restock very well. Yeah. You know, so you have to hope to get there within your first, like, 14, 15 guards, or you're probably not going to win. Yep. Right. And so uh, we can check this out. You have them fully listed out there, and you can see, you know, what all the prices look like. And, uh if there's anything else you'd like to see from the prices, if you like it when we just look at the top cards, you know, and you'd prefer us to do that most of the time, just let us know. Or if there's weird, you want us to keep looking at these weird type of anal- analysis that we do uh, for some of the cards, let us know. Yep. Uh, we are as ever your willing servants, so if you put in a request, we'll be sure to follow it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of requests, uh, we know from last week that people love winning stuff, and they were pretty happy about that, so we're going to keep that rolling. Uh, with our question of the week this week. Um, so what I'm decided to do is I have my prizes from the uh, classic Season 3 tournament that I played in that I don't really have a great need for, so I figured, hey, why don't I uh, just give them away as prizes? So for the next couple of weeks, I will have uh, foil play sets of some classic staples uh, that will be up for winning um, by answering the question. So this week we have the question, and it is, what is the most ridiculous or weirdest or craziest uh, win that you can remember in a game of Magic? Uh, AJ, do you have one particular one in mind? Well, one that stands out in my mind was one from the casual room. I was playing a um, fairly straightforward red burn deck, and my opponent was going for uh, a counter mill mono blue strategy. Um, The last turn of the game, I had only a couple of cards left in the library. Uh, which my opponent promptly tried to mill. I responded by trying to burn him out. He responded by trying to force me to draw those cards and lose the game, to which I responded by burning him out. He then did it again. So I tried to burn him out again. And so on. So eventually you had this unresolved stack of about nine instances of target player loses the game, which I just about came on top of. He ran out (laughs) of counters and or mill cards, and or draw cards just in time. But it was close. Yeah. That's a little, little out there. That's crazy. Uh, I think for me, the one that I remember most um, has got to be a time spiral block uh, draft. I think it was actually still triple time spiral at this point. My opponent was playing uh, like a black-red uh, deck, and I had like blue-white. And I was at four... 
and my opponent played Karavik the Merciless, uh, which is a 5-4 creature. Whenever you cast a spell, he gets to deal damage to something, either a player or a creature. A pretty pretty powerful bomb uh, in that format. The ground, the, the board was completely stalled. We each had like seven or eight creatures that couldn't attack or couldn't do anything. So we were kind of just sitting there staring at each other uh, until he played that. And now I can't, we, we had no cards in hand and I couldn't really do anything. My next draw was a core creature who cost three. So I could cast him and have a way to attack, but I would go to one life, which isn't a big deal normally. But the problem is my opponent had a flashback spell that could kill me at any time if I was at one. He could deal one damage. It was the, uh, Conflagrate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all he would have to do if I cast that, he would deal three to me and then draw his card for the next turn, flashback Conflagrate by discarding it and kill me. But I figured I had nothing else to do, so I played the creature, went to one, and if I could attack him for 11 damage with this 1-1 shadow, then I would win. Well, my opponent straight up forgot he had Conflagrate in the graveyard. He dealt me the three damage, I went to one, and for the next 11 turns, he did nothing as I attacked him with this 1-1 shadow creature and killed him. Yay. That's it. So he had 11 turns to look at his graveyard and figure out all he has to do is conflagrate me and I die. But he didn't. So I won. Yep. <laughs> Sebastian, bad. you got a, any particular story that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I have, I, have a, I have a few. I would say probably one of the funnier things I've done is I've always enjoyed top decking very well. Um <laughs> And I remember this. I remember this pretty well because it was one of those things where uh, I was. This is more recent. I was in a draft uh, in real life. It was strange. And basically, the board position rolled out where he had more than win on the board. He he, was, he would deal a hundred. I think he'd deal like some ridiculous like forty damage to me. And I was. And I was. You know. I was, uh, this it was coming around. I was just chump blocking to give myself a chance. And then the last turn I was, I did, I just like, uh, he looks, he shuffles his cards, looks at the board state, thinks for another few seconds. He's a very slow player, which I never understood because p- players who play slow never, it, it's, it's just baffling to me. I only play slow when I want to. Um, <laughs> like, um, by want, I mean, I want to stall time in, uh, what's it called? Magic Online because I'm doing something else. Um, he, he passes the turn finally and I just casually, uh, flip upped I take the top card of my deck, and I I hand it to him, and I ask him, do, "Do you concede?" And he does. And I he looked, he gave me back the card, and it was exactly the card I needed. It was the uh, plus two plus zero to all cre- attacking creatures card in Innistrad, which gave me just enough attack, just enough power in the air to uh, kill him. And he just like he's like, "Yeah, I do concede." And just handed the card back to me. I was like, "Well, good to know." Okay, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. All right. Well, if you, our dear listeners, have a good story, go ahead and if you want to write it up and put it in our comment section on Pure MTGO, uh, the three of us will look over those and whatever we deem to be the best story will win the first foil playset up for grabs, and that is going to be for a foil playset of Relic of Progenitus. Uh, so yeah, get to writing. You put those in there, and we will let you know the winner next week, and along with offering the next playset. So uh, get to brainstorming, or go create some outlandish game scenario and then write it up. Sounds like a great idea to me. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, We look forward to reading those, and yeah. All right. Which I believe leads us into what you've been playing. Kia, what you've been playing? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I've just been playing some classic events, uh, mostly because I want to get my uh, playset of Texas Ponders. I obviously kind of wanted to qualify for the Classic Championship, but then I looked at it, and it's at the same time as Grand Prix Austin, which I will be going to, so it wouldn't have do- done me any good anyways. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of Workshop, and pretty much I feel like I've played Oath about 98% of my games. Um, but it's still pretty fun. It's an interesting matchup, and it's great playing with exceptionally, ridiculously overpowered cards, so... I'm enjoying it. It does make you wonder what the extra 2% is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a, it's been various things. You know, I'll play mirror matches. I got to play Zoo one time, which was kind of fun when you're playing... You're playing Mistress Workshop and your opponent's playing Zoo. That's, uh, that's a little fun. Your creatures are how big? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, that's, that's a nice little 2-3 that you got there. I'm going to use my artifact Black Lotus to uh, play Steel Hellkites and such. <laughs> And make all your guys cost, like, six extra. <laughs> yeah. Because that's fair, isn't it? Totally fair. That's what Classic's all about. Mm. Fairness. Yep. Sidious, Altius, Fortius, as the Olympics say. Yep. Sebastian? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to play a lot more standard. Um, it's It's been an interesting influx of cards in my account. Um, and by cards, I mean packs that turned into tickets, that turned into, uh, you know, swords of... Feast and Famine, which by far is way too expensive. Uh, in any case, it's it's been a ton of fun. I, I look forward to co- trying to qualify for all 12 seasons of, of the mocks and uh, hopefully playing maybe two or three of them. Um, it, it's sort of hard. Magic Online is such a huge time commitment. It's, it's nearly impossible to really play cons- as consistency, consistently as I'd like. But, you know, it's have uh, been playing standard. I've been having a lot of problems winning lately, which is you know, always a concern. But, you know, I, I just got hope for the best and hope I, I stopped mulliganing. Yeah. All right. And AJ, what about yourself? Not an awful lot. I've been having a bit of a break over the Christmas period, um, playing a Mamorpaga with the wife. Oh, wait, is it the Swator? No, it's um, DCUR. I love how we just all just said acronyms. That's great. Yeah. I, I I didn't understand like half of that. I, th- I think it's a, some Star Wars online game. I'm sure. And, 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 I, and I, he said no and said it's he plays DC online, which is the uh, the superhero one. Yep. Ah, okay. Caught up. Okay. Yep. You've got to know your TLAs, otherwise you're in a whole heap of tea. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. The problem problem is all the ones I know are education related. Like I've I've lost my gaming acronyms and replaced them with work acronyms. An educational RPG could be a bit um, strange. <laughs> yeah, I think that, there is that, one. It's called I Life. I my job, so I think I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. well, you never know. You could do Oregon Trail online. <laughs> I might actually play that. Yeah. That, I, that, that's actually there was sad. A funny video. There was a funny video about that where people – it was like World of Warcraft characters, and like after they finished like ho- slaughtering hordes – they went and played their online game, which was them like working in an office cubicle, <laughs> faxing reports and stuff like that. It's pretty funny. Like that's what they do in their downtime. <laughs> Very meta. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> it was a funny video. Yeah. And on that rather metatastic note, we shall uh, leave you until next week. Until then, have a happy new year. All right. Enjoy the 2012, people. It's two zero one two, which hopefully will be my win record. Peace.